You're tuned into Cowl Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the First Brandon Studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alurimore. I'm Aller. And get ready for your postseason Cowl Fans coverage! Woo! Here we go. Play-ins. They just happened. Yeah. What? History was made or something, I heard. I, I think that happens at the end, but yeah, maybe it's in it's in the process of being made. Oh this, my gosh. The Overwatch League is an episode of how it's made, and the teams are the boring narrator guy. Oh good. Except it's not boring. Oh. It's not what we thought it was going to be. Everyone seemed to be thinking we are going into tons of fun names for it, like Pink Floyd's The Wall Meta, Super <laughs> Barrier Brothers, what, whatever your favorite was with lots of Sim and lots of May, but we didn't really get to, we saw both of them here and there, but okay. for the most part, it, it was fun, fast-paced Overwatch. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I was on vacation, so you're really gonna carry us today. Right, so. I forgot you missed both. I thought you saw one. Uh-huh. Missed it all. So, um, yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard that we are in a Doomra meta. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Doomfist is definitely in. Oh, you were thinking Ra. Like, I was thinking like Sombra. Farah. That makes sense. Um, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. We'll get into that. It looks like it's a little bit of rock, paper, scissors, but teams maybe might throw out the, the scissors and the paper and just run the rock all the time. Oh. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll get into that, because there's been some... Interesting developments as the matches have gone on. So maybe we just go back and start with the very first match. Let's and do it. Kind of see how the meta shapes up. So this match, Doom really wasn't as highlighted yet. Eileen's Doom popped off. Which match? You just said this match. Right. This is the very first match was the Chengdu Hunters versus the Guangzhou Charge. Okay. So that's where this all started. And I mean, this is gonna be a Chengdu match, right? So you're never expecting things to be super normal. Um, but you had a lot of Farah duels with Nero and Jinmu. That's okay. kind of how it started. So it seemed like the meta was really being defined by Farah play. And then you did have Eileen on the Doomfist just hopping off. Right, because that's what Eileen does. And meanwhile, Young Zhao Long was in and he was just trying things. Um, oh no. Trying to remember everything. He played a lot of Sombra, McCree. I think there was Widow sometimes. I think he might have tried Hanzo. Like he was he was doing his most. They were trying. Interesting. Um oh, Tank Meta is a hundred percent solid, just Arissa uh, and Sigma all the time. Okay. Unless your name is Gamsu, it's like a hundred percent Sigma Arissa. Wow, um, that's crazy. Yeah, and it, it's starting it off. It looked like Hot Buff, as we expected, adapted to the hero really well. He was just kind of dunking on Elsa, who I think Elsa is pretty good, but he definitely seemed to be pumping a ton of, especially damage. Right, like Hoppa knows how to get damage out of his heroes, and it's true. And Sigma was was no different. Um, otherwise, for this match, for whatever reason, even though I remember extremely enjoying it, mm -hmm. I don't remember it too much. Wow. But that, that's about it's all. It's just one of those fun things. This was fun. I'm yeah. glad I was there. 
Yeah, Guang. it was fun, and it was just like, but it was like Guangzhou versus Chengdu. Chengdu, your your typical. I can't gleam too much of this, but it was fun to watch. All right, all right. Ultimately, I think they Guangzhou ends up winning like four one, like dominant fashion. Sure. Just wrecks them, uh, and then you go into the next match of the Philadelphia Fusion taking on the Shanghai Dragons. Shanghai Dragons. Now I heard this one was closer. But not as close as we wanted it to be. Uh, I feel like it was just about equally a stomp, if not less close. Oh wow! Philadelphia Fusion were a giant disappointment. I cannot state this enough of how much of a disappointment the Philadelphia Fusion were, because you're like, oh, here we go, Philadelphia Fusion are gonna turn it on, and it was kind of close when it maybe shouldn't have been. But it was still definitely heavily in the Shanghai Dragons' favor. Oh my goodness. Um, so, Yongjin comes out, runs a lot of Doomfist, right? And just wrecks. Very, very similar to Eileen. And then you see a little bit of a mixture between them running Ding on Farah, and then they're running a little bit of DM on like McCree and Reaper. And those are the three heroes as the, the meta develops. That's your rock, paper, scissors is. Reaper, McCree, Farah. Okay. So McCree to counter the Farah, Farah to counter the Reaper, Reaper to counter the McCree. Sure. Makes so sense. That's, that's kind of how it was shaping up. Um, I like that. I like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. But Sol, Sol kind of just starts throwing away some of, some of those, and hopefully the rock, paper, scissors stays. I think it could, but we'll get into that a more later. But so... That's, that's kind of what you're seeing from Shanghai, right? And that's, they're playing what it looks like of the week, as the weekend ended is the meta in some form, or at least were meta compositions. Meanwhile, Philadelphia Fusion, they put Poco on Sigma, and he looks pretty good. Good. But that's about all they did. That was like their one adaptation. Everything else is back to the Reaper May? Yeah, literally just playing the stage four meta the whole time. I, I don't think I don't remember seeing a Doomfist ever. It was just kind of disappointing. And like I know Poco was on stream complaining about how boring the meta is. Like, well, no duh. <laughs> you didn't change. <laughs> you were playing a stupid meta. <laughs> um, like May is like semi-meta, but she's back to kind of being more niche like she used to be. Sure. She's being used on Points where you would even see her now, especially in like overtime pushes, or you used to see her like way back in the day, even in like season one. Right. Um, King's Row, after you take point A, that tight choke, yeah. you'll see Maze there. And like places like that, Control Center on Lijiang Tower, places where a wall will just fill up an entire hallway. Right. That makes sense. We're seeing May there, but otherwise, yeah, it was just, it was the Shanghai Dragon Show and Philadelphia Fusion just, they, feeling as lukewarm as they did their entire season two. They, mm -hmm. they ended as they began. They did not turn on for playoffs. It was just, well, gone. See you next year. See it. Hopefully, hopefully something changed. I don't know what, but, but the, to me, that was almost like a nail in the coffin for the coaching staff. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, if you're coaching your people into playing an old meta nobody else is doing and yeah. you're losing against the new meta everyone else is mm -hmm. doing, yeah, there's no way that you can continue to and do And I don't that. know how much of that, I, I'll maybe, um, 
save face for them a little bit and say they were probably scrimming Chengdu the most. So they probably weren't getting the most quality scrims compared to other teams. Yeah. Like Guangzhou getting to scrim probably Shanghai a lot because they knew they weren't going to face each other. Um, I imagine Guangzhou also scrimmed London a fair deal. Sure. So they probably got more quality scrims compared to a team like Philadelphia Fusion. But Checks out. I, think, I feel like Fusion probably could have been able to scrim Dynasty, but maybe Dynasty didn't want to just in case, like, uh, Charge lost or something. Sure. So. Um, but, yeah, those were the first two matches. They were good. They were, they were entertaining, but nowhere near as entertaining as the next two matches would be. Right. So Right, because the very next match, this is the, this is the history-making match that yes. I was, I've heard about that match was insane. So I got to watch this via Twitter. Look, people are tweeting about this. <laughs> look, huh. how, look how fun it seems. Look how fun it looks. <laughs> so Shanghai Dragons take on the London Spitfire. Oh and, man! Oh boy! <laughs> and man, fire was spat from both sides. Yes, it was intense. Um, this was a meta, like, after this match, I thought we were definitely 100% in a Farah Doom meta. Wow. Because um, we were seeing a lot of Farah Doom out of the teams that won yesterday. Shanghai okay. Dragons and then uh, Guangzhou Charge as well. Farah Doom. Seemed like it. And then this match, you, at the start, they were running a bit of DM. They weren't really playing Ding yet. They weren't doing as hot against okay. London. London was running a mixture of Farah and Doomfist. Bird Ring is playing Doomfist, by the way, and... Profit is basically like your flex player Okay. Um, for this meta. And then something interesting about how London was running their tanks, Orissa was Fury. I heard that. Yeah, and Gesture was playing the Sigma. I actually heard a couple things talking about how anybody can play either of these tanks. Whichever one is better at the Sigma should rub on yep. the Sigma. And then as long as you have an okay Arissa, you'll be all right. Basically. Seems to be seems to be the consensus I've been reading mm -hmm. about. Especially since you're basically playing both of them the whole time. So it's not like, oh, in this situation, they might want to switch to a Diva or something. Unless you're the Shanghai Dragons, you're never going to want to do that. Okay. So it worked for them. Um, but back to just kind of like setting up this match. So it started with a lot more... DM at first, like a lot more running the Reaper, those sorts of things. And they weren't doing so hot against London. And so they bring out Ding, they start running the Farah, and London tries to counter it, like Bird Ring tries to switch off Doomfist and plays McCree, and it's just not successful. Okay. And we just end up into this absolute brawl of Farah-Doomfist duels for an eight-map series. It was simultaneously so good and also so frustrating <laughs> yeah it seems that uh it seems that london really was like yes we're the better team and we're garbage yeah well there's that and then shanghai also was kind of doing the same thing they're like hey we're totally killing london like this let's switch and I didn't understand it. And oh, I didn't no. see anyone else complaining about this on Twitter. So maybe I'm alone in the world. But Gamsu specifically, I've always loved Gamsu. Gamsu sure. is a person who I've never thought has had a bad game. Gamsu had a terrible game full oh, of terrible decision making in my mind. Like there is so many times they just picked heroes and it made no sense to me. Just why don't you play Orisa Sigma? It was doing fine, but it's just like, no, nah, I'm going to play Winston. And... I, I don't get it. Like, we saw so much just, like, dive tanks. You would see Winston Diva out of the Shanghai Dragons. And it was just like, 
why are you doing this? Um, granted, you do see teams run it on like Attack of Hanamura, just because it's like so hard right. to get into. But that's about the only place I can remember other teams not just running the Sigma Orisa all the time. Okay. Um, and then, like, but at least like maybe you had a plan, like you're planning to dive. But then there were just parts where like it was odd. Like Gamsu would come out to stall point C on Wrecking Ball, right? Because he needs to get to the point really quick. And then they'd win that team fight, and they'd be right next to their spawn, and Gamsu would stay on Wrecking Ball. And it's just like, I don't get it. There was one time on King's Row where they're stalling on point C, Gamsu comes on on Wrecking Ball, he doesn't go back to spawn to change, but um, who's their off tech? Envy right. goes back to spawn to change, and so does Jinmu, or not Jinmu, uh, Ding goes back to change. And they change to Zarya Sombra. So they're playing Ball Zarya Sombra. And I was never more perplexed. And then London just literally roll over them the next push. Because, like, no duh. What, what was this comp supposed to do? Well, you weren't going to build an EMP. We, there are two shields on the other side. And we just increased ultimate gain by 12%. So, ults charge even slower. You had one fight to try to build an EMP. That wasn't going to happen. Yep. You weren't going to build a grav. Like, I don't get it. Like, outside, like, throwing a shield onto the wrecking ball once. That's the one modicum of value you're about to get out of this comp. Because otherwise, it just, it just made no sense. And there were so many points throughout that series where I think Watchpoint Gibraltar comes out the stall on wrecking ball, doesn't change. Where they just, like... They could have gone back to spawn and changed back to heroes like any normal team would. And they're just like, nah, fam, we want to go to map eight. Shanghai easily could have won this map at like, or this match at three or four different points. And they just didn't. Yeah, just totally decided against it. But instead, London comes out on top. Yep. So we get to see playoffs London once again, mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Can't deny that. I mean, profit popped. There were points where like Prophet was just switching to Tracer and bodying everybody and you're like, who? What? What's going on now? I and, heard like, he pulled a Farah out of the sky Pulled again. a Farah out of the sky, one clipped her. It, not, not on Busan or anything, like a map where that's pretty common, you go onto the jump pad right. and go blink, blink, blink. No, freaking like Hanamura, man. Like, what? Yikes. It was, Prophet was insane. Per yeah. usual, Prophet versus Ding was an absolute joy. Um, Youngjin versus Birdring was surprisingly good, although heavy favor in Youngjin in the Doomfist, I think. But I'm also a Birdring hater, so whatever. Ooh, spicy yeah. takes. Yeah, but and then uh, and then we had one more game after the eight match fiasco. Mm-hmm. So and that oh my gosh, that went on so long. It I did. It was three, almost three and a half hours. Yeah, it was crazy. And then you had to end on Ilios, like a map where Spitfire were one and nine, and a map where the last time the Shanghai Dragons core, back in Korea, they played Runaway on map eight on Ilios um, when they were Kongdu Panthera and lost on map eight. So, Whew. do we doom fist? <laughs> so. Yeah, it was um, it was fun. There was there was some history. There was crazy map eight. It was it was really good Overwatch. I just uh, as an aside, so glad best of sevens are back 
There are so there have been so many great matches that I can say like this is one of the best matches of Overwatch I've ever seen. Where I can't think of a single match season one that I can go back and say that for. I can hmm. think of Mapsa, like Maps. the Volskaya in Grand Finals. Sure. Very good. Like I can think of specific maps that were incredible. Entire series. Nothing stands out to me like a lot of these best of sevens do. I'm so glad they're here. Yeah, it does feel really good to have the best of sevens in, especially at this this juncture mm -hmm. in the season. It it feels like it. Yeah, just, I I am liking it so much yeah. more than the best best of best of three best of fives that we did last year for the postseason, yeah. where we had like basically three different best of fives, and the first one to win two best of fives. I liked the concept. I yeah. didn't like that it was best of five. It felt like they flew by. It did. Right? Uh, you know, I, baseball has the best of five, yeah, best, best of, of seven. And whatever. And then and th that's kind of what they do. And, and it feels good because the games have a sufficient amount of girth mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. And the best of fives didn't have a sufficient amount of girth. Mm -hmm. They just didn't. Even, you know, even if it's a stomp in baseball, you're still playing 10 right. innings or seven, how many innings you're playing. And I, I feel and, like and there's a lot more like variability in sports like baseball and basketball where you see these multiple game series where any team could beat another team on like a given day. So you yeah. need those extra matches really to figure out who the best team is because like the worst team in the league can easily beat the best team in the league where usually in Overwatch that isn't the case. Well, we've seen that happen this year though several times. Some of the yeah. bottom teams come out and just for no reason beat mm -hmm. top teams. So I, I feel like it's a lot more consistent in those sports. It though. is, it is, but I, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed like, to something going like that undefeated happening. is a lot more insane in those sports versus like a sport like football. Right. And I feel like Overwatch plays a little bit more like that. Sure. So I like the longer series, and I like the double elimination bracket to make up for mm -hmm. this that we're about to get into. Yes. But this is playing, so we didn't have that. Didn't have that. So Seoul gone, or excuse me, Shanghai's gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but. Then we got to see Seoul versus Guangzhou Charge. Uh, everyone's like, you know, Guangzhou Charge, red hot, red hot. Red hot. There, it looked like after the last match, Farah Doom is definitely the meta, and they were clowning some fools. Yeah. On Nero's with Nero's Farah and Eileen's Doomfist, they just looked looked good. So good. They come out first map of Busan. Fleta just rolls out on that cowboy. Ding 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Like, by the end of that first map, the series was over. over. Not even like the first map, the first game of Fleda control. Is of Fleda meta, just and gentlemen. finally. It's been so long since we had a Fleda pop off, but the boy popped off. It was insane. Dude just didn't miss a shot. Like, I went back and uh, I sent you this as well. I don't know if you got to watch it, I but. Did not. Sideshow did a little bit of a VOD review of this, and he just, in the um, the replay viewer, and showed just how this guy did not miss a single shot. If you, if he saw the fire for a second, just boop, headshot, like out of nowhere, which is like, whoo, flip and Been hit him. Playing that aim hero. Yeah, it was, it was insane, and just, and Nero's a really good Farah. Right. You know, but they just, there's nothing they can do. And Nero just didn't feel comfortable the whole match. He was forced onto the Reaper, and they were playing a lot of Happy because they knew they couldn't play Nero on the Farah, and they never looked as good with Happy in. And it was just, it was rough. But Soul felt like in their game, changed the meta. They forced 
Guangzhou to play their style. Because Guangzhou and what we had saw from Shanghai and um, Shanghai and London was a very scrappy game. And the Chengdu game too. A lot more scrappy, individual skill, Farah duels, very in important. Right. Um, and then the Doomfist duel on the ground as well. Where Seoul knocked that far out of the sky, forced them into basically a Reaper Doomfist matchup. And that's what you saw most of the time was a Reaper Doomfist mirror. Man. And then it became very controlled. And if you watched it, bless Sideshow's heart. He had such a good insights powered by Intel um, yeah. during their halftime where oh, he good. just breaks down. He's like, all right, guys. So this is like the second map uh, we've been able to watch this mirror happen, and I figured out exactly how it works. I'm going to tell you what happened, and you're going to see it happen in real time. So basically, how what Soul turned this into is basically you'll have the two teams kind of bunkered off on opposite sides of a point or the right. payload or whatever this situation is, and then how it'll work is Doomfist will engage first, usually the attacking Doomfist right. in scenarios where it's attack and defense. The attacking Doomfist will fly in, and then the other enemy Doomfist will then punch that Doomfist sure. to force him out. Um, and then if he doesn't get hit, they're still going to just uppercut and then seismic slam out. So they're literally just trying to get a pick off that. So they're fishing for a pick. The second the Doomfist has, leave, has left and made it back to his team, Reaper has already shadow stepped into the back line, and he's going to try to get a pick somewhere in the back line. And then once he starts getting forced out, he's going to Wraith walk back to his team. Oh By God. the time the Reaper gets back to his team, Doomfist Doom is, is punching back in. And so it's just back and back and forward. Um, wow. And the way he showed it was from, it was Soul attacking on um, Horizon Lunar Colony and Guangzhou defending. And what they played, the way they played defensively, particularly with the Doomfist, is one of the big reasons I also think Soul was able to win. Because um, when Soul was attacking, you got to see it in this insights. So you would see um, Fitz would punch in, he would connect, and then he would be punched out by Eileen. Oh. Where when Guangzhou was attacking, Eileen would punch in, Fitz would match the punch so that they would crash into each other in oh. the middle ground, in no man's land, and fall. And every time that happened, Soul would just run up as a group, put an Arista shield down or throw a Sigma shield out to block the block both Doomfist, take that space, and then kill the Doomfist on the ground, and then continue to push forward as a unit of this six. This sounds like a very into them. This sounds like a very New York friendly meta. I agree. <laughs> okay, good. I agree. Everybody's counting them out, but I agree. I think this is going to favor, especially if you can, if you are not a team who is good at goats and good at like this whole coordinated team play, you need to be able to play the Farah and not get knocked off of it. Because that's going to bring right. it into a scrappy mechanical skill, like a team like London. That's what you're going to be looking to do. Because if you get force off of that and have to play into this, teams like the Soul Dynasty and like these teams that have been better at GOATs are just going to out-teamwork you. Because it starts become, even though like Fitz popped off, Fleta popped off, like I don't want to take anything away from them. Sure. Um, but just even thinking back in the GOATs meta, right? Like Sinatra would pop off hard. But there is teamwork around him that made that popping off so potent. 
And that's what this meta feels like it's really going to be. It's going to be a lot more about teamwork. So I think a lot of these teams that maybe didn't look as hot in like the Hanzo meta, mm -hmm. where it really was dependent on your carry, are suddenly going to start to look good again if they can figure out how to work together as a team quick enough in time for the playoffs. All right, so let's jump into the playoffs because yes. we do have limited amounts of time. Mm -hmm. So I see here this yes. is our first matchup. This is our first matchup. So we've got the Seoul Dynasty taking on the Vancouver Titans. Oh, the green screen is still on. It's going through the Titans' face. Look at that. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it is. Look what at is that. It? We have a oh. green screen activated. Look, I could find Cowl fan somewhere. Cow. Oh, there's our logo. There's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. uh. <laughs> Whoopsies. Anyways, so uh, you wanted it. You got it. Yes. So Seoul Dynasty is taking on the Vancouver Titans, and honestly. Worst matchup probably Seoul could have gotten outside of the San Francisco Shock. That's I think true. Titans and Shock are still going to be like super dominant. Yeah, I, I expect to see these teams in the grand finals, especially since this is like coordinate a coordinated meta with a little bit more room to pop off. Right. Um, Vancouver Titans have very good Doomfist players, but do they have very good Far players? That's see, that's going to be the interesting thing about this match because we know Vancouver Titans are good a coordinated team, and we've seen what Seoul can do. They look very good. But Vancouver Titans, very aggressive. This, this meta favors aggressive. That's going to, aggression, that's going to suit them well. Sure. And then this is a very Doomfist dependent meta. They have two Doomfists to choose from. Hawksall's a very good Doomfist, but also if you watch back in like um, season two of Contenders last year, before they got picked up as the Vancouver Titans as a full unit, Soman Sue. Until like halfway through that last grand finals, he was really a Doomfist one trick for this team. Oh. Kind of like Sparkle played. He he tried to be like run runaways okay. uh, Sparkle. Um, if you know the contender scene at all. And he's a really good Doomfist as well. So they have two fantastic choices to pick there. But then whoever they choose for that other DPS is going to be in a really awkward position. Because I, I figure if you're wanting to run Reaper, you probably want to put in Stitch. Okay. Right? Um, but if you, if whoever they run there, who wants to run the Reaper, McCree, can't force Farah's off their pick with the McCree and has to enter a Farah mirror, that's where they're going to start to struggle. Because you probably want Hoxall or Soman Sue as a Farah. Mm. But you probably want Stitcher Hureg as a McCree or Reaper. I could actually see, because Hureg does have a good Farah, maybe you play Hureg. Okay. Any Hooray could play the Reaper, McCree, or Farah. So now you have someone who could cover all those bases. But Hooray's probably their weakest DPS player. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you really want to bet everything on Hooray. Sure. Meanwhile, Soul has proven they can knock the Farah out of the sky and beat yes. you in the Reaper matchup. And, and even if somehow you force, like, Fled is having a bad day on McCree and they need to go into the Farah matchup, we already know Fleta has a baller Farah. Do you think that Soul would avoid a Farah matchup? Since it seems to me like what you're talking about... I think they, they would do everything in their power to avoid it. Okay. I could see both of these teams avoiding it, and then, and then just so it's not a big deal. Comp. But I could also feel like Soul specifically planning against Vancouver Titans and thinking, like, depending on who they see come out, like, if you see Stitch come out, their plan might be, Fleta, you need to run Farah. Okay. And force them to bring in someone like Kureg or someone else who could deal with you, and then you could play McCree. And you could always just 
counter who, whatever member they're fielding. That might be Soul's path to victory here. It's the be. counter the flex DPS player. Well, and it sounds like Titans are going to struggle in that flex DPS position too. So yeah, this 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 may be the potentially that should be their weak point. Right, I should say. I don't know if they'll struggle. I think very well. Titans might just dominate. All right. But so. if they, if there is a weak point I try to find in, in the Titans, it's probably there. Or I could easily see it in their Sigma play as well. Okay. I don't think um, Bumper or Janu have shown the greatest ability to adapt to other heroes. Mm. So that could also be a weakness as well, where Marvel is the best Sigma we've seen so far. Awesome. Next matchup. This, for me, is the hardest match to try to pick between. The Hongo Spark and the LA Gladiators. I think there's a really good chance these are your two worst teams. Really? Yes. I, I think Gladiators, I have not been hot on them all season. Okay. I, I think there's, oh, there's been something off about this team. They perform well. They reminded me of Soul a lot of times. I'll rate them really high, and then all of a sudden they start performing awfully. Okay. Um, but I'm not confident that LA Gladiators are going to be able to pull this off. Their coordination has always felt weird. Um, so I think they're going to want to re rely a little bit more on popping off. Um, but I'm not sure, again, like if they run Surefor, I mean, like, I think can he play the Farah? I don't, I don't know if he could play the Farah. So maybe you play Hydration, but then can Hydration... Play the McCree. Play the McCree. And then who do you want as Doomfist? You could play Hydration on the Doomfist, and then maybe you play Decay as the, the McCree, like, Farah Reaper player. Mm. I'm just... There's a lot of questions for me on how they're going to run it, and then I don't have faith in the LA Gladiators tank line. I really don't like their tank line okay. of Roar and Void. Um, I like them individually, don't like them together this whole season. Meanwhile, the Spark have been struggling a lot, too. Yeah, and the Spark, they, they tend to be really slow to adapt to metas. Um, I could see a world, especially if they run Gushue on the Sigma, okay. that could be a good look for them, because you can play your Sigma fairly independently from the other player. The only other, like, the only real coordination you need as the Sigma player is Halt Accretions is really popular. Accretions the rock. Right. Um, I know I didn't get used to the Sigma words Tech for like all his um, all his skills until I watched an eight map series between the Shanghai yeah, 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 and the yeah, yeah. Hunted Spitfire. Okay. I spent some time and then on I the, learned the word accretion. I spent some time on the PTR, so I understand. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's the rock for those at home who don't okay. know accretion. Um, but like people are halting and like throwing the rock into it. That's pretty popular. Um, but otherwise, Sigma can kind of play a little bit more independently, and there's a lot of room for great mechanical skill. So I think it would be a good hero for Gushui. Okay. And then Rhea, the Orisa needs to be the one more coordinated with their team. Rhea could better communicate that. So that could potentially be a good look for this team. I just don't know what to expect out of their damage dealers. Mm -hmm. I don't know who plays Doomfist on this roster. I legitimately have no idea. I tried to, like, I tried to do some research, hit Liquipedia. Re just try to find like past matches and see their hero play times for seasons and different teams. I could not find a Doomfist player. Mm. So I have, I have no idea what to expect out of this team as far as their DPS lineup goes. Gotcha. So I could see this. I favor this team for the tanks. I favor this team for their DPS players. And we'll just have to see what happens. And we'll just have to see who comes out on top. But I think whoever wins that map falls out in losers and whoever moves forward then 
goes to losers and then think, falls out. Think there's any <laughs> chance that one of them falls out to losers and learns from their mistakes? I would give it to Spark to be able to learn from their mistakes. I don't, the I don't think if Gladiators win this match and go forward, I think I think that's the end of their road. I think it's the best they do. Okay. All right. So, oof. This one I think is going to be incredibly spicy. So we've got the London Spitfire versus the New York Excelsior. So the on fire Spitfire. Yes. Who came off of a hot long. The win. never have lost. A tournament in Overwatch. Profit and Gesture. Wow. Led London Spitfire versus the New York Excelsior. Who have lost so many. The, the chosen ones who have fallen. The prodigal son gone astray. Yes, for sure. So, yeah. I think this is going to be, this could be really interesting. Most people are favoring London heavy. A lot of people have London going on a deep run. Right. I do not. Because okay. I think London, they need to play that scrappy forest style. Because if they're forced into a coordinated, more like goats-esque um, style of play, like objective-based, I don't think London is going to be as good. They're all about just the bite of the strength of their, their DPS players. Um, and I think if they have to play in that more coordinated style... Um, Gesture didn't have a great Sigma. Great mechanical skill, but some bad decision-making on right. the hero. If he hasn't fixed that up, that can be a lot more exploitable. So... When you don't have the other DPS members right. just pressuring them so right. much. And New York, on the other hand, this meta, that sort of style could favor them really well. Especially the Doomfist Reaper matchup that we were talking about, the Soul Forced. Yes. I think that would favor New York a lot. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure how New York would force them to do that. Yeah, so that's, that's gonna be the interesting thing. I'm, I'm expecting to see Flower in. I think we're gonna get Flower and Libero. Okay. Libero on the Doomfist. Sure. And I think Libero on the Doomfist playing a counter Doom will be a fantastic thing. Sure. For New York. I think he'll be a very good counter Doom. So rather than being a Doom like Eileen who's trying to pop off and then just gets countered hard by Fitz, Right. I think he's going to be a good counter doom, and then when he needs to go on the offensive, Libero is a very good player and can do that. Okay. Um, so he could play well with his team, and then I'm expecting either. Well, I could really see almost any of the New York DPS coming in. I'm afraid it's going to be Nene. I think if I see Nene in because they want to play the Reaper, this match is over. Okay. I am a thousand percent over Nene. Okay. If I had to put a, a reason why New York is struggling so much, it's because Nene has had terrible decision-making and it's never got better. Um, and he has no bite. Okay. Flower's got some bite and... And can play all the heroes. Decent um, decision-making. And when he makes stupid decisions, he at least doubles down on them and then gets a pick out of nowhere. The way Sabiel B and Pine used to do. Right. Because New York always used to be a two-prank thing. You had their unit traveling with Jonak, and then you had that one DPS, Pine on a flank, Sabiel B on a flank, just killing people. Um, Sabiel B could come in, especially if they're just planning to do Reaper and McCree. Sabiel B could do really good in that role. So could Pine. Pine could even potentially do that role. We haven't seen his Reaper, but I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do that, right? No, me neither. Um, and Pine is a notorious... Yeah, and um, especially when it's McCree. the Reaper needs to be flanking. Yeah. A lot. That, this could really suit Pine. So I could see that. But just in case you want, need to play a Farah, you'd probably want Flower because he could play McCree, Reaper, and Farah. Okay. Um, 
So that's kind of what I'm expecting on a DPS line. There's there's all sorts of options here, right? But I think all there's something that you could pull out that could beat London Spitfire, I sure. think. And if you force them off the Farah and into that, that Reaper matchup, uh, I think London's going to fall apart hard because the Reaper doesn't get to carry as much. Right. When you, you're not going to have profit carrying. I don't think Bird Ring's going to be able to carry on the Doomfist, especially with Libero on the opposite side trying to shut him down. And then it's going to become more about the tank line. I think you're going to see the difference between potentially, especially if Mono, I could see Mono being a very good decision-making player okay. on the um, on the Sigma if he's the one playing it versus Mecco. Mecco would have some, I'd have some questions, but I, I think this could be New York's time. I have them going decently far. Okay. So... And I also told New York that I would never bet against them many moons ago. Sorry, so, uh, I'm back. I'm back on the New York train, and hopefully I'm not made a fool, because literally every bracket I've seen has had them just losing both matches and falling out. And then you have this. Um, San Francisco Shock versus the Atlanta Rain. This could be a very interesting, but also the San Francisco Shock. That's about what I got. I think San Francisco Shock, there's literally nothing that can go wrong here. They have all the pieces that they need. Yeah. All of their people can do all the things yep. that are necessary. I mean, and at we're the in a Doomfist meta. We've only seen one Doomfist popping off this entire year. Who is it? Sinatra. Sinatra. Sinatra's going to be able to come back in. That's going to be disgusting. Um, who's got their McCree? Who's got their McCree? That's a better question. Because we know who's got their Reaper. That's Architect. We know who's got their Farah. That's Rascal. But... I could see either Architect or Rascal being in. Because I think they could... They both probably have a McCree. Architect, I would imagine, has the McCree more so than Rascal does. I would, I would agree. But I definitely, but Rascal will definitely have the Farah. Even though Architect down. does have a Farah. And it's pretty good. He yeah. played it a lot like last year's Stage 4. Looks so nice. it'll just depend on what they want to pit up against yeah. these but guys. But there's, there's so many options for them. They could switch it out between maps. Right. If they figure, oh, well, this map favors doesn't really favor Farah, we'll bring in Architect. And this map favors Farah more, we're going to bring in Rascal. I definitely think that whatever happens in this match is going to be based on how well mm -hmm. San Francisco adapts to what the Rain are doing. And I think the Rain do have vulnerabilities. For sure. Because they just have, it's BB Bay and Erster. Erster is going to be a great Doomfist. Yeah. I have no doubt. And I, Zero doubt. I, I know that's who he's going to be playing. I don't think BB Bay or Enlayer have a Doomfist, so that's 100% what I'm expecting out of Erster. Right. Um, and then otherwise, we've only ever seen Enlayer to play a May and a Widow. Though we had never knew, we never knew he had a May, so maybe he's picked up some kind of hero. Maybe he's picked up a Doomfist. He likes the one-trick things. Right. Um... But I'm expecting to see Baby Bay in as your like McCree Reaper. Right. Baby Bay, as far as I know, does not have a Farah. Right. Not at least not like a great one. Like you would think of more of Erster as your Farah player on this team. So they're gonna really want to play Soul Style. But yes. I'm less confident in Baby Bay than I am in Fleta. Mm. I don't know if Baby Bay could pull that off, especially against a San Francisco caliber Farah. Right. Like. So San Francisco might just be able to run that Farah and roll over the Atlanta rain. They might. I'm also really worried about their tank line. They've seen like they don't want to run Daco, even when um, FRD was the worst diva. I really paid off for them stage four because FRD does have an amazing Roadhog. Right. But 
I am not convinced that he's going to have a good Sigma. The only way we're just going to have to see. Yeah, we're going to have to see. But I'm, I just, off that Roadhog, I don't like FRD, and I could see them not playing Daco because of whatever these internal issues right. that seem to I be I think it's very are. likely that Atlanta Rain get knocked on this first win, yeah. knocked out of the winner's bracket really quick. But I definitely can see that the, I think the Atlanta Rain, even in the loser's bracket, have a deep run in there. I, potentially. I, I definitely think it's it's going to really rely on what Baby Bay can do. Because I sure. also, I think if, like, that's a big weakness for them and teams realize they could just run far against them, they're out. They're, they're going to lose then, both then they're games right and they're just gone. But if they can be like Sol and force people into this Reaper matchup and their tank line is somewhat decent with the Sigma Orisa, I could see them also going far. But in a, also in a coordinated, more goatsy meta, I'm also worried for them because they finally started to look hot when they got the more like pop off on their DPS. Well, maybe they become able, you know, I'm not really as confident as I am in Fleta as I am for all these other people, right? Fleta's right. ability to pull the fars out of the sky. Um, maybe Pine. Pine's my other, my other, I expect to be able to do that kind of a thing, but the rest of them I really aren't here. So maybe a lot of these teams just decide to do the Fara duels and maybe Enlayer yeah. pulls out a Fara or something like that. Yeah, I can that maybe could, see Enlayer That, that could be a way a for this to go. That could be interesting. And that could be a way for this to go that would allow them to go. I want to see who they go up against in the bracket because they play the loser of New York Spitfire, and I think that's going to be that could be a really tough match. Their their biggest hope is probably that New York just poops, <laughs> and then they get to roll over them because I think if London falls into the losers bracket, I, that could be really tough. I don't I don't know if they come out on top. I think London is like a better Atlanta. Hmm. Okay. They have a very similar play style, but like, they have Profit and Bird Ring. I think either Bird Ring or Profit is better than Baby Bay. Okay. So there we go. So that's what's coming up this upcoming week. Yeah. We have a ton of games. So many games. Because we've got these eight games that we already went over. And four then, games. Right. These four games that we already went over. And then there's going to be four more games over the weekend. They're going to have the first two rounds of the winner's bracket and the loser's bracket this week. Right. So, so Thursday, a, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. Yeah. So lots of games going on this week. There are three, four weeks of playoffs before we get to the grand finals, or three weeks, I do not recall. It's really just two weeks of playoffs, so we're going to play this week. We'll have games next week. Okay. If I'm not losing track of time. And then the week after that is a week off, and then it's grand finals. Okay. So only two weeks for the entire playoff bracket to go down. Yep. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to fly by, but it's also going to go... I, I think we're going to get a closer playoff brackets. Like, we've already... This playoffs has already felt closer than the entirety of last year's. Like, I think last year, like, the best we got to see was, like, a 3-1. That was, like, the closest match yeah, we ever got. Yeah, it really wasn't ideal. And now we've already got a map 8, right? So I think there's definitely map 8 potential. A lot of these, New York and London comes to mind. I could see Spark and Glads going all the way. Um, and then throughout the bracket as well, like when Titans and Shock meet, if they do, that could be a map a map 7 yeah. or more. So there's, this should be a super exciting playoff. And even though like we've tried to an analyze things, there's so much can change in a week, right? That's true. We've, we've seen week 1 metas in a stage be totally different than what we see week 2. Usually week 2 or week 3 is when the meta, meta stabilizes. So we might even just be getting something totally different. It's all going to be about who can adapt the quickest. 
And that can honestly, when you're in playoffs and that teams of this of caliber, teams. this could be any of these teams. So this should be super exciting. Yeah. I'm so pumped. We're, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great week, and we hope you're looking forward to it too. So thanks for tuning in better today. Be. What? So you better be. You better That's be. That's what you're doing. All right. Unless you're like just a, only a Mayhem fan and you just turn off when, when the Mayhem are eliminated. But otherwise, Bruh. if you're a fan of Overwatch, like what are you doing? It's the postseason. Get hyped, folks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he's right. And when he's right, he's right. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I want to do a big shout out. Thank you to Popped Off who helped us put together basically everything. They're great. Um, also, be sure to check us out on socials. Follow us on at Cowlfans, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Although our Instagram's kind of been slacking. I may stop promoting that because I suck at it. So there's that. Um, also, <laughs> okay. just being well, honest with you. That marketing, though. <laughs> so strong. Uh, uh, strong. I'm going to have to follow that Instagram now after, <laughs> after that pitch. Wowie. Oh, man. Um, be sure to check us out. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. We post videos up on YouTube. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. I guess it's Apple Podcasts now because Apple can't decide what they're going to name anything. It's <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Life is grand. And we love that you watch us mm. or listen to us. Mm-hmm. We're not biased. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Malura Moore. I'm Haller. And you have been tuned in to Cowl Fans. We'll see you next week.